Who are you? It's a question we want to consider tonight or this evening. It's a really simple question. You know, we get asked this in different ways as we go through life. But who are you? Do you know who you are? How do you define yourself? You know, what's the first thing that you think about when I ask this question? Where's your mind go instinctively, you know? You know, I think it's important that we understand who we are. Over the course of the past, I don't know, a couple years, or a couple of months anyways, I've been noticing there's a lot of situations that come up where someone asks, who are you? You know, you have introductions to to people that you've never met before. Um, I've sat in multiple interviews with people, and one of the questions that we always ask is, Tell us about yourself. You know, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you say when somebody asks you that? When somebody asks about you, what do you tell them? You know, most of the time <clears throat> when that question is asked, there's all kinds of things that'll come out. But it seems like there's all kinds of things that come out except for the one thing that's most important and the one thing that should truly define us, that is that we're Christians. You know, just thinking about it in the workplace, if, if you want to find out if somebody's a Christian at work, you're going to have to ask, or you're going to have to dig to find that out. It's not always right there on the surface. I remember I first started thinking about this, we did a, you know, working for a, a big corporate company, we have all these exercises and things that we go through, and one of the things was identifying the task, or identifying the thing about you that you identify with the most. So some of the things that came up in that discussion were people said that I'm a man, or I'm a woman. Some people define themselves, or their most defining trait about themselves is where they're from. I'm from America. I'm a Texan. I'm a West Texan. Some of the things that that people said that most defined them was their job or their career, their business, whatever whatever kind of job that they were involved in. Others said husband, wife, their family. I'm a father, I'm a mother. And there was only a select few that said that they were Christians. In Colossians chapter 2, There we go. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. There's all kinds of things that are going on in the world. We see it. We know that they're occurring. We see it on TV. We see it on the news. We live it every day in our lives as we interact with people outside of the church and in the world. And there's things that Satan deceives people with in the world. And I believe that we can fall victim to it if we're not careful. He's deceitful when it comes to this concept of who we are. He's cunning. I believe he confuses us. You know, Jacob talked about this morning, Satan wants us to be naive. He doesn't want us to know who we are. We cannot achieve our purpose in life if we do not know who we are. You know, I think Satan starts early. One of the questions that you hear from a young age is what do you want to be when you grow up? 
I know my kids are already being asked this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Most kids, you know, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a farmer. You know, fill in the blank. What do you want to be when you grow up? That question gets asked over and over and over. And part of our culture, part of the American freedom that we have in the culture is that you can be anything that you want to be. So what do you want to be? And kids grow up trying to answer this question. And I believe Satan deceives us into into defining ourselves by these things, by what we decide we want to be as we're growing up. If we, des- if we define ourselves as these things, then the things that we pursue and the energy that we put forth is going to be defined by these definitions that we define ourselves by. And the world makes it easy for us to define these physical roles that we have in life as who we are. I believe it's the, the course of this world. As we read here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. There are things as we go through life that are, I believe are the course of the world, the things that Satan has a, a large influence on, and this concept of who we are falls in line with that. Here we read that you once walked according to this. We once walked according to these things. These being important in our lives. What's the truth? Who are you really? You know, kids, I can tell you that who you want to be in life is a Christian. You want to abide in Christ. You want to live in Christ. That's who we want to be. That's who you want to be when you grow up. That's who we as adults want and need to be. That's who, who we are as Christians. Who are Christians? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. When we, become, when we become Christians, anything else that defines us, I won't say it goes away. We don't not become a man. We don't not become a woman. But it's no longer what drives our purpose. Christ drives our purpose at that point. Those who have obeyed the gospel are Christians. Those who have believed and have been baptized what does that mean when we obey the gospel that means that we're no longer defined by our physical characteristics we're no longer defined by where we came from or what our job is Uh, we're no longer defined by our nationality we're no longer defined by our race all those things that the world defines do not do not any longer define us. Instead, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. As Christians, we have now obtained mercy, and we are a special people. We are God's people, the people of God. You know, when we believe that Christ is the Son of God, when we are baptized and come into contact with His blood, washing our sins away, we're changed. We're redefined. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we read, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we obey the gospel, our old self is crucified. It's done away with. We once walked according to the course of the world. The things that once defined us or that we chose to define us as no longer define us. Instead, we are a new creature. We are God's people. We're Christians. And God called Christians to put off the old man and put on, the, and put on Christ. And I believe this is sometimes a challenge for new Christians. Not only for new Christians, but Christians that don't learn, truly learn who you are. You know, you can become a Christian, and if we don't... You can become a Christian by obeying the gospel. But if you stop there and you don't truly learn your identity in Christ... It is hard for you to fulfill your purpose in Christ's church and in life. By learning and knowing who we are in Christ, we can begin to fulfill our purpose in His church. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, But now you, you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. I believe when we obey the gospel, it's easy to, maybe not easy, it's an easy concept to know about many of the deeds that we put off. The, the sin that, is, that has plagued us and that we are now freed from having, after having come in contact with the blood of Jesus. But putting on the new man, how do we do that? Our new man is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We are renewed in becoming as Christ, as in becoming Christ-like. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11, or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. 
Our old, when we become a Christian, our old man is crucified. And that means anything that defined us before we became a Christian has been crucified or has been lowered. <clears throat> so we continue on in verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the things that I think that is hard for us to... when It's hard for us to fulfill our purpose in the church and be alive to God in Jesus is when we don't... when guilt plagues us and we do not know that we are dead indeed to sin. When we're in Christ, we are no longer tied to our sin, but we are alive, in God, alive to God in Christ. We see, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. Sometimes it seems that that's hard to do, but we must do it. We are to live for Him. Our new identity is in Christ. It's not just about ceasing to sin. It's not just about fleeing immorality, as Jacob talked about this, this morning, or ceasing in the indulgence of the deceit of this world, seeking the things that the world uh, places importance on, those things that are meaningless. It's about changing our identity from the old man to the new. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should, no, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We live no longer for ourselves. Because Christ died for all, and we are, and we are believers in Christ, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for Christ and in Him. That means that the purpose that drives the things that we do in life is driven by Christ and God's will. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because, we have given, because He has given us of His Spirit. You know, as Christians, we know the love that God has for us because of the love that He showed us in sending His Son. And it's through that love that we learn to love one another and we learn to love others and we learn how to live. 
And this gives us purpose in life. Second, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. We are complete in Christ. Those things that those in the world find lacking, you know, if our, if our purpose in life, if, if we are pursuing to be the best farmer there is, if we're pursuing to be the best, Christ, uh, the best uh, Texan or the best anything that we define ourselves as that's not a Christian, when we're seeking those things, we're going to be left lacking. And everybody in the world that you can see searching after things that are not God are left lacking. And they are not complete. But in Christ is where we find completeness. It's where we find purpose. In be, being in Christ is where we find purpose in being a father. It's where we find purpose in being a mother or being a wife or a husband or a provider or a caregiver. All the physical things in this life, the physical roles that we, um, that we fill in this life begin to have purpose in Christ. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You know, our life is, our life is hidden with Christ. Our purpose in everything that we do is in Him. It's so easy to, to seek, maybe not seek, but put energy and effort into things that are not driven by Christ. But in Him, we can find true purpose and motivation. <clears throat> Romans chapter 14 and verse 7, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Everything that we do in life is for the Lord. You know, one of the things that <clears throat> can be confusing, or, or I guess one of the, I guess probably the, one of the deceits that, one of the lies of Satan that has tripped me up in the past is believing that pieces of my life are segmented you know I have come to come to church on Sunday come to church on Wednesday have Bible studies and that's separate from going to work and then I work five days a week and that's separate from raising my family and spending time with my family and that's separate from from anything else that we that we do in life and the truth is that Christ drives our purpose in every aspect of life. And we take Him into every aspect of our life. Into work, into our, uh, anything regarding our family. Into discussions that we have with someone at the grocery store. And everything, in every word or deed that we, that we do. In 1 Corinthians 
chapter 6 and verse 19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, Jacob touched on this, on this, this morning. When we become a Christian, we are no longer our own. We no longer seek to satisfy the flesh. We no longer seek to satisfy our own desires and our own wants. We seek to satisfy Christ. We seek to satisfy and do God's will. In Galatians chapter 5, and verse 20, starting in verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. As Christians, it's our responsibility to understand the will of the Lord. We're given Scripture, and we can understand it. And in doing so, we can redeem the time. In doing so, we can walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In doing so, we can avoid and flee immorality, as Jacob spoke of this morning. In doing so, we can walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You know, here we, Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, in everything that you do, do it to the glory of God. You know, there's many things that we do in life. And... All of it, down to the, the most mundane thing that you can think of, can be driven by our purpose to serve and glorify God. In every aspect of your life. <clears throat> and that is because we're not seeking our own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. In Christ, and knowing that our identity is in Christ, is what will motivate us and propel us to take that message to others. You know, being in Christ, we have so many blessings. We have salvation. You know, we're heirs to the promise of salvation. And sometimes I know in my own life, it seems like I just want to hoard all those blessings to myself. I've mentioned it in, in previous lessons. But when we truly know, when we are truly uh, serving Christ and realize the love that He has for us, how can, as we sang in the song, how can we keep from singing? How can we keep from telling that to other people? How can we keep from sharing the blessings that we have with others? And most importantly, sharing the gospel. 
You know, when we are in Christ, we look at others as Christ looked at them. You know, I think one of the things that keeps us from, from I guess, talking about the gospel with more people, I think that it's likely that how we identify ourselves is how we tend to identify others. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you identify yourself as one of the things we talked about at the first of the lesson, that's how you're going to look at other people as well. You won't look at them as a soul, but rather you would look at them as a Texan or as a person in the grocery store or as a man or as a woman. But every person on this earth has a soul, and they're either in Christ or outside of Him. And that is our purpose. That's what drives us in Christ. That's what drives us to take the gospel and, t and talk about the gospel with everybody that we can. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And we talked, as we mentioned earlier, in everything that we do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It drives everything that we do. All these roles that... Um, may confuse us and seem to define us at times. You know, whether you're a father or a husband or a wife or a mother, it's really easy to be deceived by what that means. You know, the physical roles that we have on this earth are just that. Their physical roles. Our purpose is glorifying God by abiding in Christ, living in Christ. Does that mean that we're not fathers or that we're not mothers or that we're not husbands or wives or does that mean that, that we don't have jobs or we don't you know, live in a certain geographic area on this earth? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it does mean is that our abiding in Christ drives all of, those, all of these roles to God's glory. And everything we do in them is in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, knowing that, let's ask this question. Knowing that we abide in Christ, how does that affect all of these physical roles? How does that affect how you look at them or how you treat them? It should give them purpose. And if the roles that we're trying to fill have no purpose in glorifying God, then they grow strangely dim. Now, as we begin to understand who we are, we, be we begin to understand who we are in Christ and what our purpose is in the church, in spreading the gospel and bringing others to Him. The more we learn and know about God's will in our lives, the dimmer other things become. We sing a song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and in that song, we sing that when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, when we identify ourselves in Jesus, and when we know that, and we know who we are, 
the other things in life become strangely dim. They're lowered in level of importance in our lives. We don't view them or put them on the pedestal that, that we did before. But rather, rather we look at them in the light of Christ. We look, th- look at them through the viewpoint that Christ would. And this allows, a, this allows every one of these roles to be lifted up to glorify God. You know, every, every one of these, everything that we do in life has an opportunity to, to teach and impact others. And when we know that our identity is in Christ, we can do that confidently. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, the only way that we can be in Christ and identify, our, have our identity in Christ is by being reconciled to God through him, by obeying the gospel. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, this identity does not belong to you. And all of the blessings that go with this identity and glorifying God, you do not currently possess. But we want you to have these blessings. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you can do that tonight. You can be baptized and come in contact with the blood of Jesus which washes away the sin that is bringing you trouble in life, is bringing you guilt. Christ's blood can wash that away. If you're here tonight and you would like to obey that gospel, we would love to help you with that. If you're here and you feel that you've obeyed the gospel but you've been struggling with your purpose in life, you've been struggling with glorifying God in everything that you do, and you need help in that, or you need prayers for any other reason, we'd like either of you to come to the front as we stand and sing.